It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. This is the Leaf Sky Podcast. Here's your host, Jim Taddy. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Episode 12, Season 2 of Leaf Sky. Jim Taddy with you for the next 20 to 25 minutes or so. Our guest today will be Terry Koshan from the Toronto Sun. We'll go over the Leafs' possibilities as they get set to relaunch against Ottawa on Saturday. Will it happen? Well, we hope so. In the meantime, hockey fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has a no-brainer offer that will make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. And you know, the NHL got rid of ties in 2005, so somebody is going to light the lamp and somebody is going to win. His sportsbook isn't available in your area. No worries. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Ladies and gentlemen, here is the official call to action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN. What is it? Guy, guy, what is it? THPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That is correct, sir. The promo code is THPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for complete details. So this is an abbreviated edition of Leafs Guy because the Leafs haven't played in quite some time. Here is the conversation with Terry Koshan from the Toronto Sun. So, Terry, let's start with the uh, the obligatory question. Do you think Toronto and Ottawa will play Saturday night? Well, you know what, Jim? I think it's thrown into doubt with what's going on in Ottawa today on Thursday that, you know, the Senators have canceled practice for precautionary reasons. So, you know, obviously your antenna goes up when something like that happens. So we'll have to see. From the Leafs' end, you know, things are looking good. Most of them are back now, and uh, there's another group that should be back. Uh, off COVID protocol either today or, or Friday. And, uh, you know, the Leafs are close to having a full group back, but um, it could be the Ottawa side of it now that, that uh, throws that into disarray. But we'll have to see, Jim. It's one of these things that we're learning. Uh, it can change by the hour, if not the minute. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, just to sort of go over where you've been on this story, we go back to the last Leaf game was December 14th. Um, so when a team shuts down practice for precautionary reasons, it usually leads to bigger problems, right? Well, we saw it with the Leafs, right? I mean, then again, I, I think there were, uh, I think there initially they, they announced uh, Kerfoot and Tavares on protocol and then and then shut it down for that Friday in Vancouver. And then, of course, by the end of that day, Spets and Simmons were added. So, as we well know, it snowballed from there. And uh, 
people ride it on almost on a daily basis right up through Christmas. And uh, here we are. I mean, the one silver lining out of all this, Jim, if you will, is that as far as the Leafs go, most of the people have been on protocol now. Every More or less everybody with the Marlies has. When you have 24 players and five coaches, I don't imagine any, any of them, uh, you know, managed to escape it. But, um, you know, there's just a handful of Leafs now haven't been through this. And, you know, we saw Lilligren get out of yesterday, but maybe once the rest of them do, and I don't necessarily say that they're definitely going to have to go on at any point, but once if, if that happens, you know, it won't be many left that have to go on. So, but yeah, a few weeks ago in Vancouver, it, it happened awfully quickly, and uh, we see how, it, like I said, how it snowballed within 24 hours from practicing and looking really good at UBC on the Thursday to getting up Saturday morning, more people at it, and, uh, you know, within a few hours – both games that night, that weekend were postponed. Yeah, and, and really the, the Leafs is uh, sort of a good study on, on how this happens. It happens fast. Yeah. Um, it's almost better to be ahead of the curve on this. And, you know, I hate to say it, but but you, the sooner you get it, the, the sooner you deal with it, um, barring any kind of complications with illness. Um, and, it, and it has to run its course. So that's that's the time frame you're looking at, really. Start to end, go through an entire team in two weeks. Yeah. It's pretty well it, isn't it? Yeah, from the from looks of it, it is. And, you know, I... I know the Marlies were back at it just in the organizational view. The Marlies were back at practice yesterday, uh, scheduled to play tonight in Belleville. And we know that it, it really, it, it set them back with the numbers, right, that they had. So, yeah. you know, the, the unfortunate thing now, Jim, for the Leafs, if you want to call it that, and I guess we can, or I can, is that they, they will have gone through it. Like I've said, most people have gone through it. And now it could be the other side the opponents you're supposed to play that could be up, upending that apple card here in the next month or so or whatever it is, you know, because the Leafs, as we know, are one of, have been one of the hardest hit teams through all this now, you know, up until as it turns out. Yeah. Turns out. I mean, mid December, I think, you know, I'm if I'm not mistaken, the Leafs might've been the last team in the NHL to have a positive case through all of it. Like starting from way yeah. back when I'm not talking about when Matthews diagnosed before, but when things got rolling in the bubbles last year, um, you know, and then beyond that, a lot of teams, uh, you know, went through it. And if the Leafs were, if they weren't the last, they were among the last to have a positive case. And here we are, you know, two and a half weeks later, whatever it is, uh, they're now one of the hardest hit. So I think we're gonna, probably going to see that, unfortunately, is that, you know, some of these games that are still on the schedule right now uh, might be postponed because other teams are going to, are likely going to go through it as well. And as we know, Jim, these are adding up. We're at eight postponed yeah. games now. Yeah, what might happen Saturday? So. Yeah, you're right. I mean, they're at six going into Saturday's game with the postponement, so uh, you know they have to make those up. Uh, not a lot of them are on the road, so it's going to be an interesting time for the schedule maker because he's got to do it for everybody. Um, and, and I guess you know, just fishing around here for for topics, uh, you know, the the leaf situation uh, is is that uh, you know even with the taxi squad. The, the league uh, is, has got that taxi squad to sort of get people through that, but that's that's not a guarantee that no games will be canceled, right? No, no, it's not. It's not. So yeah. maybe what you're doing right now is crossing your fingers and hoping that you can get through this. And again, like I say, it takes two to tangle. So the Leafs might be good in coming out of it, but if their opponents aren't, then you're, you're up against the wall here. And February is going to be awfully busy. 
Yeah, it's just it's in, interesting to to see how the NHL has this mentality, and, and I'm not I'm not being critical of either league. It's just a contrast. The NBA marches forward as as best it can. Uh, the NHL has gone into shutdown mode in, in certain situations. Um, either way, I, you know it, it's going to uh, the, you know there's going to be a mess here with the schedule. I mean, there's there's no escaping that. No, there isn't. And as far as the NBA goes, I mean, you're we've seen what's happened in a few of these games where, oh. you know. People who are, well, you know, I mean, geez, Jim, some of these people that are playing have no business, you know, in professional basketball, certainly not at the NBA level. So I think the NHL clearly wants to avoid that. They're hoping they're getting around it a bit, I suppose, with the, uh, with the reintroduction of the taxi squads, but uh, we'll have to see. Yeah. So there's no, there's no guarantee of anything right now. Like you can, I can sit here and say, well, yeah, they're going to play Saturday. Maybe Ottawa will get through it and they won't have anything, but. There, there, you, there's nothing. You're, you're like I said earlier. We're going hour by hour, minute to minute on this. Well, and the other thing, and, and I'm going to bring in the World Junior experience with, with it being canceled the other day. Um, you, you try to come up with these scenarios where you can sort of patch it together and get it done. Um, but I don't. I think that I, I applaud the NHL and, and the shutdown thing works for me. You let it run its course because it's inevitable, uh, and then you move on with what's left. Uh, the other way is just so haphazard. Well, it is because, you know, you're, you just, uh, I don't know, like, but even now, like, you know, it, it is odd to, to flip on the TV and I can see teams playing when the team I cover hasn't played since December 14th. I know. It, it's just so bizarre. And, and uh, you know, it's, um, you know, we're watching some of these things happen in, in fuller rinks as well. I mean, I, you know, the Florida game last night had 15,000 people at it, I believe. So it's just as one example. And, you know, here we have here grappling with, you know, how many people are in stands and Quebec, there aren't any. And, you know, that's the reason why the Leafs and Habs got postponed next week. You know, we got 50% here, but, but again, with everything changing daily, who knows if that would even happen for Saturday night? We don't know. You know, it's just the, 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 uh, the unknowns right now are, are, are beating up on the knowns big time. Well, it's just, it's the optics. So we, we can, uh, you know, watch uh, anything, any, at any part in the world, we can watch either a news coverage or, or live news coverage and, and see the discrepancies with how different jurisdictions handle this thing. Uh, you're, what, you're, what you're left with is you defer to the local health authorities or the provincial, in our case in Canada, the right. provincial health authorities, and they're all different. So, you know, what was happening in Alberta is slightly different from Ontario, slightly different from Quebec. Uh, you know, I, I don't know that it's worth criticism or, or just note it. You just note it because it is different. Uh, but it is, you know, when you're, when you're a consumer watching these different events with different uh, size of crowds, it's a little uh, dispiriting, I want to say, because, you know, it, locally you can't and then you see somewhere else you can. And it, it just adds to the confusion. Yeah, it does. And it, it dispiriting is a good way to put it. Now, 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 you know, we're, we'll see what's going to happen with the, uh, you know, the NHL and the NHLPA following the lead of the CDC in the States and shortening the isolation period from, you know, to five days from 10. Well, that's great. But here in Canada, that's not what's happening right now. And, you know, the uh, the federal government is recommending still that it be 10 days. And, and obviously jurisdictions and provinces uh, will, will decide themselves what they might want to do. But, you know, as of right now, there doesn't seem to be much of an appetite for that. So again, there's another difference of what's going on in the U.S. and what's happening up here. Yeah, well, and it's—I uh, guess—it's the ultimate piece of retrospective analysis 
based on where we are now. And there was you know, absolutely no way to know we were going to end up here. No. Uh, you, you might want to look back on maybe they should have kept the Canadian division for another year. Well, maybe, but we looked good though in the fall, right? You know, yeah, I know. And that's the thing. It's just, it's just hard to say. And, and I, the other thing too is, you know, the things that I'm reading, Jim, I mean, we are going to come out of this. Yeah. Right? It's, it's just a matter of time now. And, and, you know, um, you know, what, what, what comes first, I guess, for the NHL, the actual cancellation of games that don't get played at all, or just a pile of postponements that you are able to make up. I mean, there's going to be an end game here at some point. Uh, we know that to this. I mean, that's, that's what the experts are saying. It's just how quickly will it come in Canada to help ease some of these restrictions where you can have more people in the building and your revenues aren't, aren't nearly as affected and, and whether it goes from 10, you know, down to five days for isolation, um, you know, it's uh it's uh again like i keep saying we just don't know but at least there does seem to be a bit of a light at the end of the tunnel just you know when's that going to get here is is the unknown too yeah i'm trying to buy some time and, and you know you sort of open the door on the business conversation of the league i would assume trying its best not to alter the hockey related revenue situation because that alters the cap and the cap's uh, in a tight spot as it is so they're, they're trying to minimize the damage here well, yeah, I mean, you know, what's going on in some of these places where there weren't going to be fans. Montreal games, for example, those postponed until, you know, an undetermined time. I mean, the Leafs game last next week at Thursday was supposed to be there. Um, you know, Carolina here against the Leafs on Monday, I think that had something to do with it as well. You know, where the Leafs at least 50%. I mean, um, you know, you want to get back to a place where it is full. But again, we don't know when that's going to be. And what's going to, like I said, what what's going to happen first? The NHL is going to say, okay, look, so we got to get these games in, or we don't play them at all, because you know they don't have an infinite amount of time here. They do want to get the schedule in and get the Stanley Cup awarded in proper time, but again, that's not really going to be their call because this thing is dictating everything else. Yeah, I mean, it's almost fruitless to go down this road any any further. You know, wow. time will give us the answer to any of it. So so let's return to the hockey team and, and refresh my memory uh, because it's been almost, well, it's been more than two weeks. Uh, and you've been on the beat this week uh, with everybody starting to return. So, so what are we looking at in terms of a roster here? Well, like I said, it's, it's, getting, it's getting close to what we know. Uh, what's the group coming back? Either it's going to be today or tomorrow, Mikheyev camp. Mrazek, uh, Sandine, we're not sure yet because he had the leg injury when he was hurt. And then goalie coach Steve Briera, they all went on December 21st. So, you know, 10 days uh, tomorrow. Um, then you've got uh, that just leaves you, what, Wiley, Nylander, Muzzin, and and uh, Lilligren, as long as no one else was on today. But like I said, that less of people haven't been on protocol is awfully small. So, you know, it's 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 nearly a full group. That pra- they didn't practice on Wednesday. We know that on Tuesday there were some, there there were some lines that looked normal, if you will. Uh, you know, Marner back on the right wing with Matthews and and uh, and Michael Bunting. Uh, the second the second line you had uh, Tavares between Kerfoot and Kasha. So there is some normalcy returning in that regard. Um, the blue line's obviously a bit of uh, an issue there with uh, with two stalwarts and in, in, um, Muzzin and Riley out. And, you know, they were added fairly late here, so that I wouldn't, they're not going to be available for Saturday uh, if the game is played. But, um, you know, it's, uh, you're, like I said, you're getting back to something a lot more normal, and it's encouraging. You know, the one the one, the one thing I, it was good to hear out of Tuesday, Jim, was uh, Sheldon Keefe's first practice back. So Sunday, Tuesday, he'd been somewhat 
kind of running things from home, watching the, the live stream, this sort of thing, putting drills together from, you know, the comfort of home while he was still in isolation, moving that ahead to the assistant coaches who were then running practices. But he said, you know, back on Tuesday, he felt the vibe was, was really good. And, you know, for a lot of those guys, that was their third day back on the ice and he was seeing them getting ramped up. Now, the one, the one thing is too, is we got to keep in mind is these guys who are coming back and Keith made this point, um, you know, it's not like the first day of training camp where you're hitting the ice hard and you're, you're in great shape and because you've just been skating for the last couple of weeks all your teammates anyway in what is really, you know, a, uh, a training camp in and of itself. Here, you're coming back. If you're on the ice say, today, you haven't been on the ice for 10 days, at least, if not a bit more. So it takes a while to get back into that. And But I think for the guys who had skated three days through Tuesday, uh, keep us seeing, you know, uh, some normalcy there. And um, I think we have to understand that, you know, if they do play Saturday, if it's not until next Wednesday against Edmonton, and again, fingers crossed that happens, uh, we'll have to expect some rust because, you know, you don't just run back into it and step back into it and play like you just played 48 hours earlier. We're talking about a team here that hasn't played, like we said, since mid-December. Well, and, and the Sheldon Cape story is, uh, I, I think, uh, gives you a full view of, of what happens when you have COVID or, you know, I mean, he's, you know, he had, had it in his family as well. Um, they had to, in, in the house, had to have the masks on in-house. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we always deal with the, the mm-hmm. hockey player and forget about the, uh, this, you know, the guy's family and support system. I mean, this is, you know, they're shut down for two weeks. The entire team gets it. That means the entire team's families get it too. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, in, in the Keeps case, I mean, I think we saw it, Brad Trelliving set up the Calgary Flames. That was what's happening up there. You know, in Keeps case, I mean, one of his sons got it during that Western trip while they were out there. And, and uh, you, your first thought is as a father for all of us, right? Yeah. As a parent. I mean, never mind the hockey. And, you know, it was interesting, Jim, on the Thursday again, on uh, the Thursday, the, uh, I guess the 16th, after the Leafs practice at UBC, you know, Keith made the comment about, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but he said something quite frankly, my concern is is getting home to my family for Christmas, you know, healthy and safe. And uh, Jonas Siegel and I, from The Athletic, and I shared a uh, an Uber back to the uh, hotel um, after practice that day. We're kind of talking to each other, saying, you know, it's not overly common for, for Keith to get, to make a personal comment like that, right? Yeah. It's just not the guy, type of guy he is, which is fine. But in hindsight, now it makes sense because I'm, I'm assuming that by that point, he knew that his youngest son had tested positive for this, even though the kid was asymptomatic, which is great. So that, I mean, I, if I'm a dad, well, I am a dad, but if that happens to me, my first thought goes to the kid's health, not who's on my second power play unit, right? Yeah. So, you know, maybe a blessing in disguise. They didn't have to worry about hockey anymore now. And of course, then the, the, the tougher pill for Keith to swallow was he became one of these people who tested positive had to stay an extra 24, 36 hours in Vancouver before they got on that red eye. But as he explained to us Tuesday, thankfully, um, in a weird, you know, in a weird twist there, they were able to isolate together, but separately, if you will, and uh, wearing masks in the house. And, you know, so his experience was his wife and older son don't get it. He and his younger son do. They come out of it okay. And uh, and that's great to hear. But it's uh, it's, it's really, uh, it's almost like a... Um, you know, it, it just hits everyone differently in the circumstances. You know, here you have Alex Kerfoot getting diagnosed with it, that the him and Tavares, the first two, 
So what does he do? Instead of coming back, he, he quarantines at home in his offseason home in Vancouver and just arrived back in Toronto, I think on Monday or Tuesday, then was back on the ice once his 10-day quarantine was over. Because as he said, he had no one to come back to. He's coming back, coming back to an empty condo here in town and, you know, probably better to be at least around family and coming out of it when they do. I mean, that's the other thing, too, that it's kind of weird in all this is, is as far as the isolation goes, it's 10 days. But, you know, Dermot was telling us that he, he, so he tests positive on the 18th, but he's negative by the 23rd. So that's a five-day thing for him there, but he still has to stay in isolation. So there yeah. was, there was a relief that he had the negative test within four or five days of, being, of testing positive. So different circumstances for everybody, but I think the biggest thing, the greatest takeaway of all this is that the guys are coming back healthy and there don't seem to be any lingering effects of it. Now, we don't know long-term, of course, but, you know, the good news is that right now that, you know, our people are coming back healthy. And for the most part, Jim, the, the symptoms don't seem to have been too bad. I know some guys were hit with it. You know, Keith said four days or so and flu-like symptoms. I think Tavares described it as like a vice-like headache on his head for the first day. But, uh, you know, Dermot telling us that he got it. He, he said, I had it before I was diagnosed. I knew it. He said the night before, test positive the next day. But by noon or one in the afternoon that day in van, he was feeling a lot better. So. You know, different circumstances for all, but uh, like I say, the the um, the biggest concern is the health of each individual and each individual's families, and it's good to know that it seems to be most of them coming out of this is okay. Well, and you can understand how fast it, uh, I mean, how contagious it is, and so, I mean, in your particular case, you're in a cab with Jonas Siegel, uh, you know, then you, were you in an elevator with any of these players? Because you, you would have been in similar situations, right? No, the, the only time that really happened was, it was interesting, was after, yeah, you look back and go, okay, where did, where did, where was all this contact for us? After the game in Edmonton, Spets is watching from the press box, uh, because he's still suspended, right? Right. So, the uh, the media elevator in Edmonton, it's like most of the NHL ranks. It's not huge. Probably accommodate, you know, I don't know, eight to ten people somewhat comfortably, maybe a dozen jammed in there. And, you know, everyone's wearing masks, of course, but so as well. But uh, so anyway, we're, we leave to go down with five minutes left in the game. The game's over. It's a, it's a big Leafs lead and Spets is on with us. And, you know, in, in his usual Spets mood, joking around and, and uh, quite jovial. He probably had a good idea at that point, perhaps, that his suspension would be reduced. But anyway, um, so that happens. And then a couple of days later, he he does test positive himself. Uh, the, the day that, uh, you know, the concern for us was that, so after practice on the Thursday at UBC, typical Vancouver weather is quite pleasant outside. So the Leafs set up their... Uh, their uh, their media availability, the little uh, the little uh, area where we interview the guys in the backdrop, outside. So we're in the in one of the loading docks, but we're outside, all masked. Well, that day, of course, one of the people we talked to is Tavares. Another one we get is Keith. Tavares, of course, you know, by that point, had probably already been tested, gets the positive result the next day. So then we're all thinking, oh great, we were within you know eight feet yeah. of gone probably now there's a rope the table in front of them we put our phones down or in a recording apps so we're not standing that close but you know we had some assurances through the Leafs PR staff from the team doctor that you know we would have been at minimal risk at best and you know in, in my case personally I felt fine I had to get I got tested on boxing day and the day after because my mom's in an LTC and I was negative on both so my daughter here at home rapid tests from school negative during the holidays so I there was some peace of mind for me that way, but you know, initially what happens is like, geez, 
Tavares positive, keep positive. We were outside, but that's where your mind goes right to that. How close are we and how, how close are we to getting this? So, yeah, well, that, that's uh, that's what we're, we're going to end on this thought, yeah. and I'd like, like your reaction to it. Um, this is, uh, you know, what you've detailed there is, is what happens uh, when you're around somebody who tests positive, and it sets off just a massive chain reaction. Yeah. Um, so if you put that up against those that, that aren't around that situation, that want things to continue on, again, we come back to the interesting contrast. It, it's just, it's startling, isn't it? It is, and... Uh... You know, it's some days it's black and white, other days it's super gray. It just it just changes so much. And I think that for us, just getting through that and, and being um that close to a gym, not not a wake up call because this is this is what the tough thing is in all of this, is that the Leafs weren't being careless. They were being great about this. I think they would they more or less had their own protocols before the NHL came that week and said, Okay, we gotta clamp things down again. The Leafs weren't going out living carefree anyway. And yet, that still got into the dressing room, you know, right. like from the game against Edmonton in hindsight. But uh, you know, you still have to be vigilant and everything else. And yeah, it, there is that contrast there. But uh, having seen it a little bit more up close than what you'd necessarily be comfortable with, it gives you that much greater respect for how this thing can spread. Terry, thanks for your time. I'm going to do the sign off live on the end of this. So thank you for stopping by. Hope you enjoyed episode 12 of Leaf Sky. Hope everybody comes back for episode 13 next week last minute of play in this podcast so no yes guy no guy on the way out because there's not much to deal with in terms of yes guy no guy material i'm just going to say happy holidays to all hope you have a great holiday season and hope you enjoyed episode 11 of leaf sky hope you come back next week for episode 12 